1: And you're with the Gridiron Guys. How's it going? Telvin Smith with Gridiron Guys. And this is Fancy Jester. You're with the Gridiron Guys. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? All right, everybody. Let's get this going. It is the Gridiron Guys. It's an absolutely beautiful yeah, it, it cleared up. It was raining just a little bit ago. Um, I, I'm happy to say that it's cleared up and a, a little bit nicer now in beautiful D-land, Florida. It's currently 77 degrees, cooled off with the rain nicely. Hope it's beautiful wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we love to have you here, with, and that's why we work so hard to bring you the best of everything that we can, whether it's fantasy stats, funny stories, you name it, we try and bring in a little bit of everything because you do. You you deserve the best that we can bring you. And certainly, we definitely feel a lot better than what's out there in other areas. We might be a little partial to what our show does, but we work real hard to bring you the best of everything. And tonight, we're going to bring in JT. We'll bring in Tate. You know, Tate's already the new guy, I guess uh, – you know, hey, I'll be there, you know, I'm running a little five, ten minutes late. I guess, you know, he thinks he's got the new stu- superstar. I mean, uh, I got to talk to uh, JT. Uh, did we bring in T.O. with this guy? I mean, is that what we've got with Tate now? He's already late. You know, if Coughlin was running this, I, I don't know how he'd look at this. Got to talk to JT about that. But, yes, we'll be bringing in my uh, partner in crime, JT, Jason Townsend, and we'll bring in And Tate Dello, our newest uh, addition to the FantasyJustTheSports.com family. It's a close-knit group. We love bringing you the best of sports. And tonight, we're going to have JT's coverage. Uh, He's covering it for you. He's bringing it all. I mean, he is going so low on this, folks. He is making sure that you get the coverage from us on Hard Knocks. He absolutely loves the show, uh, has been watching it for years. And it is bringing it all to you tonight. A little review of it, just in case you've missed it, you've been busy. I'm going to give you a little bit of that. Then tonight, we're going to talk about the last of my three-part series. The last of my three-part series, the Florida camps I've been visiting, the Florida camps. I've been to Jacksonville first. I went to Miami. And well, yesterday, Tampa Bay, what do I have to say about Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers, Stay tuned for that. I'll be talking about that. Tonight, we're also going to be talking about (laughs) that mess that is the Joey Bosa and San Diego Chargers situation. JT and I, (laughs) you know, sometimes JT and I agree on some things, and sometimes we don't see eye to eye, and this is one of those we don't see eye to eye, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We have uh, two very distinctly different opinions on the story. We're going to give you tonight fantasy tight ends. You know, who's the top guy off the board? Everybody knows, or do we? Is Gronk still the top guy off the board, even with Brady missing games? Find out from our gang, the Gridiron gang. And then also, hopefully, if we still have time and we should, we're going to squeeze in what you should know or watch for Tonight, we've got two preseason games in action. We have Atlanta versus Miami. We've got, later on tonight, we've got Dallas versus Seattle. What to look for in all of that. We've got a great lineup for you, and we're getting ready. When I tell you, folks, pay attention to what he has to say. You know, yes, I am the Fantasy Jester. It's com. It's the Fantasy justice Show and all this stuff on Saturday nights. But there's a reason when I tell you I have him with me wherever I go, it's because literally if there is something that I don't know, this is the first man I turn to every single time I want to find something out. He has researched the world, basically, uh, pretty much. And he has it in his mental Rolodex at any given time. When I tell you we work hard to bring you the very best of everything, I couldn't have found a better co-host and friend, Jason Townsend. You follow him on Fez 437, F-E-Z 437 at Twitter. Ask him any damn question, and he's going to give you the answer. And I promise you, it'll be the right one. I'm going to bring him in right now. Let's get this show started. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got hard knocks coming up. J.T., How are you doing tonight, sir?
0: I'd be doing better if you'd tell me what this thing is you keep hanging over me for the last 24 hours. You know something that I don't, and you know I don't like that. So why don't you share?
1: (laughs) Folks, uh, if you haven't been paying attention uh, on Twitter, what's been going on, and again, I can be found at Twitter at Fantasy underscore Jester, and you can find JT at fez four three seven we've been going back and forth and this is this is where i get to have a little fun you know some of you have heard jt have a little fun at my expense over the uh, past couple of months now it's my turn it's my turn <laughs> i know something i know something that he doesn't and it's driving him crazy i posted it on twitter that i actually i have yeah, information <laughs> yes I did I have information that I am one of the few people in the world Who have this information About something in the NFL And The fact that I'm that person too See I don't know Which is it worse for you Is it the fact that It's something that you don't know Or is it the fact that it's me Yes <laughs> I, I love yes. it. I love it. I couldn't love this anymore, folks. And you know what? All right. I'm going to have to tell everybody the answer, but I don't have to tell them for another 53 minutes. Uh, and six Of course. Seconds. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Know, why wouldn't you? Hey, I will say
0: this, though. I can't answer one question you had earlier,
1: which is I
0: believe Tate is down in makeup. I don't think he realizes yet this is a radio show and not a television show. So he's down in
2: makeup right now.
1: Well, have you seen Tate? Even on radio, we we want him in makeup. Well, yeah, there is that. That good point. <laughs> good point.
0: But uh, hey, we're uh, you know we got we're in week three, the week where uh, a lot of your starters play some time in preseason football. Uh, we're getting close to that
1: magical kickoff date. We're two weeks away.
0: So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah life is yeah, good. Yeah.
1: Life is good. Yeah. Uh, It's great. We're getting to that point. This is pretty much the last time you'll see your starters, too, until the uh, season starts. Uh, JT, uh, you have some – you've been telling me I've got some good stuff about hard knocks. Go ahead, my brother. Hit it. Let's let's start here. You know,
0: we'll start at the beginning of Episode 3, Season 11. Uh, Actually, a really nice moment or uh, a nice side of Jeff Fisher, uh, one of the uh, rookie wide receivers, Paul McRoberts, Unfortunately, he found out at camp that his stepbrother had been murdered, uh, only 18 years old. Wow. You, know, that's, you know, that's a hard blow. And, you know, Jeff Fisher, it was nice to see him bring the kid in, uh, console him, talk to him, take as much time as the kid wanted. Um, you know, and Jeff Fisher realizes that there are more things in life that, that supersede football. So it was nice to see that side of Jeff Fisher. So, you know, that was an interesting way for them to start the show. But it set a wow, it yeah. set a nice tone, you know. So, and I mean, can you imagine being at camp and finding out something like that? You're not around your family, but your football family, and that's something they preached last night. Uh, when I said I watch it last night, that that they preached that that's a unit, that's a family, and you can tell they pulled together with that kid.
1: Wow, that's
0: so, you know,
1: that's tough times there.
0: Now, to a lighter side, you want to talk about starters uh, not playing past tonight. There was a uh, scene where Todd Gurley turned the corner and got drilled uh, by Alec Ogletree, their new starting mm. middle linebacker, and Jeff Fisher lost it,
2: was furious,
0: <laughs> uh, you know, not something that he needs to see or wants to see, and he made that very clear, and his comment was, 30 does not need to go to the ground in practice. He needs to be treated like an effing quarterback. Now, the best part of this whole thing is one of the couple guys that are becoming my favorite people on this show is defensive line coach, the ex Marine, Mike Waffle. His facial expression was priceless. I mean, you just thought somebody just took his first born (laughs) away. So mad. So mad that all 30 can't touch 30. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. you get a real sense of this guy, Mike Waffle. They showed some footage of the Kansas City game, where Kansas City offensive lineman Ja Reed did an illegal chop block to one of his defensive linemen, and he's on the ground, rising in pain. And I tell you what, I thought Waffle was going to pull his headset off and go out and fight the guy. <laughs> uh,
1: I learned some. I learned some he's new. He's passionate, words from him. huh? He's Ooh, passionate.
0: I love his passion.
1: You know who else uh, is you know, passionate? Is the, who's that? You know who else is passionate? Uh, well, guess who Guess who must be done from the makeup room.
0: Oh, is he here for makeup?
1: Yes. Makeup's done. His entourage, I guess, has allowed him uh, through the room. They've cleared his room, and uh, he's getting ready to join us. Thank God. Uh, well, before you, know,
0: you bring him in, before God. you bring him in, I was saving one of my favorite parts of the show where they mm. replayed the Music City Miracle against Buffalo. I was saving that for when he got on air. So, this is perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, this is this is how it is now. This is this is what you have in America. You know, you you make it to the show, you start writing for the website, okay? Mm. And you start acting like, you know, one of your favorite Dallas players, TO This is this is this is what we have now. Yeah. Okay. So you know that's the example he's gone by, and that's how he is. And you know I'm glad he can show up anytime he wants. And uh, you know now now I've got to play his entrance and everything too. I mean, right in the middle of the show, I got I got. The man from Texas himself, Tate Dello. How are you tonight, Tate
2: from Texas? There. Good man. Some of these makeup people, they just they they just don't understand. They have to get it right. <laughs>
1: they don't understand. They didn't understand coming into it what their job was going to entail tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my hair has to be perfect, and they they've got to just just enough blush. And eyeshadow so that the lights don't don't reflect it. And they sometimes they just poke too hard and they don't understand. It's just well, so. Jt,
1: Jt, do we really want to hear about hair issues? Hair? We're talking. Are we talking hair? I know
2: I don't.
1: On the gridiron yeah, guys, we're talking hair issues. No, I know I don't. You know. We definitely have to on the set. This is terrible. Where does this show Did become? Oh, heavens to Betsy, get my friggin' popcorn, really? All right. (laughs) Whatever, he's here now. Go ahead. So you were saying, though, that let me?
0: Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'm glad Tate could join us this evening. Uh, And, you know, we're just in the middle of the Hard Knocks recap, and I know you've been watching Hard Knocks, so, uh, you know, I know you can chime in on a few of these things. I was
1: just getting
0: ready to bring up the part where they brought in the Music City Miracle replay. I mean, who better to talk about that than a Buffalo Bills fan?
2: That's all I got to say about it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, the, the part they brought up was they were discussing how there were a lot of father-son coaches uh, in the NFL, and they showed the replay of Dyson streaking down the sideline for that game-winning touchdown against Buffalo in the playoffs, and there was a kid jumping up and down, on the sideline at the end of the end zone there and it was Brandon Fisher, the now defensive backs coach of the Los Angeles Rams, son of Jeff Fisher. So and they Jeff Fisher was talking about how he feels uh a lot of these father son coaching combinations, it gives the kid such an advantage uh in that in that business. So that was <laughs> it was kind of fun to see that. Now we gotta talk about Tavon often though. Speaking of Brandon Fisher, Tavon Austin is on camera talking to Brandon Fisher. And he's talking about, like oh, he's really mad, really agitated. He's like, I remember last year when you came over here and you slapped that food right out of my hand. Don't think I don't remember that. And he takes Jeff, uh, Brandon Fisher's hand and smacks it to kind of reenact the situation. And he's all fired up. And when he grabs Brandon Fisher's hand, he notices a wedding ring. And he's like, oh, I should beat you up twice for being married. Then he starts laughing and walks away. (laughs) You know, this guy's got a great TV personality, uh, Tavon Austin. So, you know, he's been fun to watch. I will say this. All the players seem to be scared of Mike Singletary. None of these guys (laughs) want to mess with Singletary. You know, they, they don't want to even try to mess with Mike Singletary. Um, Been nice having him there. He's been working with uh, Alec Ogletree. It's fun to listen to what he has to say. He feels Ogletree can be a great middle linebacker, and people forget he's moving to middle linebacker from the outside. So, you know, not only does he have new responsibilities, but he's getting the defense set every play. So they focused on that quite a bit. Tate, what did you think about some of that stuff?
2: Yeah, I actually found it really interesting. I know it's the Music City Miracle and all that. I actually thought it was kind of interesting that it was Jeff Fisher's kid that was the, the kid running down the sideline there. But I enjoyed Jeff Fisher's comments that he was talking about after the fact where he was talking about the conversation he had with his son afterwards that Jeff got a little bit uh, fired up about it and was, was frustrated and upset at his son. But the the fact that his son learned from the situation and picked up the, the couple of little, little nuances of how things need to be handled and what needs to go on during the game. So I, I thought that was pretty neat to uh, hear that perspective of things as well. So, and the, the last thing I'll say, and we got to talk about William Haynes,
0: the guy who believes nothing that science has found to be true and only believes things that have yet to be, yet to be proven. So, you know, he's all about mermaids. So him, And another player, uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think who it was, Akeem Ayers. They took their family to Disneyland. And, of course, the first place they show William Haynes is the Little Mermaid ride. What a shock. The guy who wants to see a mermaid is on the Little Mermaid ride. So they go there. They show that. um, And you get to hear more from this guy about his beliefs. Uh, He's a character. He doesn't believe in anything that's been proven He doesn't believe in dinosaurs, like I said last week, because they're government conspiracy. So all the players have filled his locker with toy dinosaurs. Uh, Of course. (laughs) So he's an absolute trip. He's an absolute trip. Uh, Watching his reactions on the rides, I don't know how many times he asked the girl on the roller coaster, we're not going to fall out, are we? You're sure? You're you're sure? I'm in. I'm not going to fall out. So fun guy, (laughs) fun show. Um, he's a character. Next week starts the cuts. Next week starts the cuts.
1: Now, is he the guy that keeps the locker room light, or he's just a character for on-air?
0: He seems to be an on-air character. I'll tell you the guy that I'm noticing that people seem to really like is Junior Seau's nephew, uh, who's trying out for the team. So he seems to be a guy that people seem to really like, root for, and he seems to be a kind of a uh, keep it cool keep it easy kind of guy.
1: Right. All right. There you go, folks. Hard knocks. JT's coverage and uh, Tate chiming in. I'm glad you guys are able to watch uh, and do the coverage for us. Otherwise, we would be in trouble if we were leaving it to me. Let's be honest. I'm and I am. I'm being honest about it. I can't. I would love to watch it. JT, you have talked about it. Said it's a great show. Tate, you've talked about it. Said it's a great show. I really would love to watch it. I. Got to try and find time somewhere. And uh, right now, my head's hurting as it is without taking on another show and watching it. Um, So I'm grateful for your coverage. I'm grateful for Tate's coverage. And I'm sure all the listeners are completely grateful for the coverage that you guys are bringing to that. And we look forward to uh, next week. Is the last week of it, JT? Uh, Yeah, there's one more week. One more week. Beautiful. All right. So we look forward to see how they wrap up the LA Rams edition of hard knocks. Next up, we're going to talk about, I just, uh, I went to uh, the football camp here in Florida. Tate knows uh, JT. We've talked about this and I I just got back from the Tampa Bay bucks camp and uh, sent back some interesting pictures. I noticed you guys have had some comments that, Tate was the first one. Uh, Tate, you had a comment about some of the pictures that I sent back and tweeted?
2: Yeah, you posted up on uh, the Jester Facebook page a picture of Mm. a uh, player's pair of shorts. And I was just wondering, what did you do or what happened that you got a guy to drop his shorts for you?
1: Mm.
2: And, you know, it seemed like
1: uh, I guess that was a funny, ha-ha kind of moment that you guys have shared together now between yourselves because JT has made sure, uh, JT, you've uh, been kind enough to say those same things on Twitter today, weren't you?
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's something that a moment that, uh, you know, Kate and I shared together. We're just kind of curious what kind of moment you shared with
1: someone else to get their shorts. That's all. You know, and I will be more than glad to tell you right after this commercial break
3: hi folks it's barbara here for deep obsession charters whether you live in the beautiful west palm beach area or you're planning on visiting the sunshine state and you love to dive you have to contact south florida's premier dive operators deep obsession dive charters out of the west palm beach area they are a full service dive operation they've got everything from equipment sales and rentals And they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures, while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com, or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive.
1: And they are the best charter down here now, folks. I mean, we have had the opportunity. We've been moving down here in Florida. My wife's lived here her whole life. I moved down here several years ago. Had the opportunity to go on several charters, and they are clearly one of the best charters to go on. Deep Obsession chart is there everywhere on social media. Let me go ahead. We are going to bring in JT. We're going to bring in Tate. They've had an interesting question before the break. And, guys, you know, only my radio partners and friends would really want to know what I had to do. And, you know, I guess for all of you out there, the Twitter question has been put out there. What did I have to do to get another pair of shorts off of a man? Well, first of all, I had to go to Tampa Bay. I went to Tampa Bay yesterday to go cover the Bucks camp. And let me tell you, first off, in walking there, walking in there, uh, some of the differences that I noticed between the other camps. First off, I like the rather large flag that sits right out in front of the facility, the practice facility the tampa bay flag and it is huge okay showing a little tampa pride there none of the other camps had anything like that no flag flying uh, of the team or anything like that neither one had that so then we walk in and we are literally greeted by at least a dozen people various handed who's got a roster who's got beads who's got this And all kinds of uh, little things for the fan. None of the other places did that. Get to the start walking around and heading towards the actual training area. And they've got it broken up into different areas so that you walk through the different areas where they're training. You know, who's got defensive line maybe over here and offensive line and who's working on a couple of things off on the side. And you walk past that then you go out to the actual practice field. And JT and Tate, this is, this is the amazing part in all of this, is the number of fans that were there that day. The following that Tampa Bay has. Now, I, I, Jacksonville, loyal bunch, but didn't turn out with that kind of number of fans. Miami, same thing. Not even close to the number of people. Miami of the three was the least amount of people at the practice. Tampa Bay
2: stocked, packed,
1: people watching the practice, okay, and cheering. And they really make it a great time. I had the same access at Tampa Bay that I did VIP for the Miami Dolphins as a fan. That's the difference. They really make it fan friendly. They walk around, they're passing out ice pops to their fans and everything else to make sure that they're fine. They don't ask their fans to stay outside in uncovered areas like the Jaguars did. It's all completely covered for their fans. Handing out ice pops, like I said, talking to people, glad handing people. People from uh, public relations walking around talking to people. From a fan standpoint, it was an amazing experience. And really, the other two teams have something to learn from the Tampa Bay Bucks there. And, and maybe that's why so many of their fans turn out uh, to their practice like that is because they are made to feel a little bit more welcome. Like I said, Miami was the only one of the three that didn't hand you a roster of the guys so that you knew, you know, maybe, you know, the top players, but you you don't know maybe the third guy and the fourth guy and practice guy who might make the practice guy, but you want to learn about them. No, Miami didn't give that out. So from a fan standpoint, Tampa was absolutely fantastic. From the practice itself, I came away with this on, uh, on the Tampa Bay Bucks. First off, Gerald McCoy is two different people. He has JT Tate. He has two different sides to him, two completely different sides to him. He's about as nice, friendly, and and just a happy-go-lucky guy to the fans. Absolutely, what a pleasure and a gentleman to deal with as a player on the field he doesn't care now it was at a time they were scrimmaging cleveland as well so they had their own portion of practice where they were doing stuff by themselves and then they you know they mixed in time with cleveland and I'm going to tell you it didn't matter who he was facing he was just going to eat you up in practice he he leads the way he shows uh, those guys on defense And he leads the way by his efforts. And he is an absolute beast on the field. And it's so funny because in comparison, when he was over on the sidelines, and I will have them in the article. The article will be out tomorrow uh, from Tampa Bay. And I'll show you the pictures that I have and, you know, Gerald McCoy's picture. And you'll be able to see in the picture just in his smile what, what a great, great guy he is. Got to meet uh, Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys was good enough to not only spend some time talking uh, with me, but also was uh, good enough to let me take a picture with him. And this is the best part, guys. On the Fantasy Jester auction page on eBay, we're going to be adding over the weekend a signed glove by Adam Humphreys. Now, this guy here, for those of you who don't know Adam Humphreys and who he is and you don't know him from Adam, <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, sorry, guys, I had to. Um, if you don't know who Adam Humphreys is, he is their Wes Welker. He is the underneath guy. He is very quick. And I'm going to tell you one thing. He is very good. I forget everything else. I I went there, and that's how I ended up getting some time of his, was explaining that I've been following him and and understand that he is a star on, on the rise, and he really is, and he showed it throughout practice. The kid doesn't drop anything, and I found out why, and we'll get to why in a little bit, because that also includes the piece of information that I now hold that jt doesn't
0: uh, here we go with mm-hmm. that
1: again mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh it's just a it's a fact that i actually tate i know something that jt doesn't and uh which let me ask you something uh tate we've got you on the line you've known jt for quite some time haven't you sir
2: absolutely jason i've been friends for years and years
1: okay so let me ask you something Since you know him so well, which is worse, the idea that he doesn't know something or the idea that I'm the one who knows it and he doesn't?
2: I would think probably the thought that you know something that he doesn't or you found something out, some fact here or there that before he was able to find it.
1: Truth be told, that is the truth. It is. I know it is, too. Um, But anyway... Going through the camp, I learned a bunch of things about the team. First of all, the uh, the defensive line looks like they look phenomenal. Linebackers are quick. Uh, Hargraves is decent. You can tell he's a rookie. He's going to be great. He did pick one, but he was uh, lost on another play. So, you're going to have that inconsistency out of him uh At the corner. Well, obviously, you're going to see the spectacular plays, but you're going to see one or two as he's getting used to the uh, game and the system and the the players and whatnot. You're going to see a couple of plays where you go, gotcha, huh, kid? But uh, what did I come away with? I came away with a couple of things also as far as their wide receivers. And and we're going to get into tight ends, and he's going to be on my list. And I'll let you know where on my list. But Cameron Brait Uh, was everything that I expected in practice. Uh, I did, me personally, I did not see him drop a pass. Him and Humphreys, I did not see uh, drop a pass the the whole time that I was able to watch them at my end uh, where I was. Now, I can't say the same about Mike Evans. Mike Evans, um, actually, if I remember correctly, I think he caught one ball the whole time, and pretty much nothing else. And I was quite surprised at that. And matter of fact, so were the fans because several of the wide receivers were out there after practice and uh, getting extra reps in with the, the coach. And uh, several of the fans was like, "How come you don't have Mike out here? How come? Where's Evans? Where's Evans?" And several fans well, you were know, saying
0: that. So I don't. I don't get why the fans are surprised. I mean, Mike Evans is a talented guy. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But you're looking at a guy who's been in the top three or four both of the seasons in the NFL and dropped past. Him. So this is a guy that continues to sounds like the you know status quo. Uh, is he a guy that Jameis Winston can defend you know depend on in the crunch time to actually come down with that ball?
1: Well. Now- Yeah, exactly, and that's, and I'm starting, like I said, I'm seeing him go to Humphreys a lot, I saw him go to Humphreys a lot, I saw him go to Breit, okay, and feeling very comfortable with those guys, Vincent Jackson looked great yesterday too, Uh, older guy there, but I'm telling you, he still looked good, and I'm going to, before we get to tight ends, because that's where we're headed next, and we're going to bring Tate on to give uh, the first part of the tight end picture. I watched RG3 yesterday. Here's a little bonus for everybody, okay? I watched RG3 yesterday and for just to see where he is, where he is mentally, uh, where he is physically, where he is with his teammates, how he is on the field in general, what's he like? What's he really like? Because I uh, don't feel, I feel that he's quite overrated and Joey Cage is amongst those who feel that he just hasn't gotten the proper chance. Watched him, and I watched him pretty intently, and I can come away with this. First off, he is very healthy. He's fine. He he was able to move around real well and real fast. I notice he has, the, they're putting him in a short passing game. The short passing game, though, is including he had made several connections already with Corey Coleman. Saw a lot of that. So a lot of passes to Corey Coleman. And I saw a lot of in the flat to the running back. Didn't matter who the running back was back there. So a lot of passes in the flat. So using the space on the outside, but RG three looked fine. RG3's teammates looked fine with him. Everybody looked fine with RG3. So um, there's your, a little bonus on that. Now, we've got tight ends, and we want to touch on the Joey Bosa story, but want Tate to talk about the tight ends. Tate, who's your first tight end coming off the board if you have the opportunity? And give me your sleeper.
2: The no brainer at tight end. I mean, Rob Gronkowski's clear-cut above and beyond any other tight end on the board. There's nobody even close to what Gronkowski brings to the table. So that's that's the clear-cut hmm. number one at tight oh, end. Well, even without Brady? It's not even a question. So even without Brady, he's as, the best. Right. It, whether it's Garoppolo throwing to him or Brady, it, it's still Gronkowski. Because Gronkowski, even with Garoppolo in there and Brady out, Gronkowski is going to be that outlet guy, you know, short guy across the middle, short guy out to the out to the uh, outside, you know, the little little slot routes and things like that, the cut routes, and Gronkowski is going to be there for him, whether uh, it's red zone or out in the middle of the field or back at back in their own end zone, Gronkowski is going to be there, and he's willing to take a hit. He's proven that over and over. And he just he's head head and shoulders above everybody else out there. So now, there's a couple other guys that are that are up there, but not 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 anywhere near that same level as Gronkowski. Greg Olson for Carolina is another one that I I like a lot. He showed what he can do last year quite a bit with Cam and him hooking up there in Carolina all the way to the Super Bowl. So that's another one that I like quite a bit. Um, as far as a sleeper. I think uh, one one person that I'll bring up and that I enjoy is Kobe Fleener. Um, he's been in Indianapolis the last few years, and everybody expected a lot of him in Indianapolis with uh, him and Andrew Luck both playing in the same college in Stanford and being teammates there and doing so well in, in the college game. But for whatever reason, that just didn't click at the NFL level, whether it was the offense they were in or – the receivers that uh, Luck had to throw to, or the the scheme that they were running, it just didn't work there. But uh, Fleener's moved on, and he's in New Orleans this year. And I just see Fleener them possibly trying to use him the way they used Jimmy Graham in the past. So I I like Kobe Fleener a lot in New Orleans.
1: Interesting in New Orleans, yeah. It's a uh, it's a good fit. He's a pass catcher, and. Uh, it's something that Breeze has always uh, used to like to do, is throw to his tie end. So it'll be an interesting story, and I can see why you have him. JT, do you agree with the whole it doesn't matter that Brady isn't there, Gronk is still clear-cut, number one?
0: Tell you what, I'll answer that as soon as you answer uh, your ability to get a man out of his shorts, because uh, if I remember correctly, I didn't hear anything about that in your Tampa
1: Bay uh, report. <laughs> How did I get Okay If you've seen the picture folks It is number 72 Tampa Bay Ben Gottschalk He's a uh, 6 foot 5 293, 293 pound Center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers And I happen to have his shorts And uh, really It is as easy as Asking It is really that simple, folks. And, um, no, he didn't just strip. What happened was is, uh, during practice, I guess he's lost weight or the equipment man had the wrong size or whatever. And, uh, he was wearing those bicycle pants underneath. A lot of the guys are wearing those, you know, those kind of shorts underneath the regular shorts. Okay. And, um, he was wearing those and they kept sliding, kept sliding, kept sliding. And uh, I, you know, just wrong size or whatever. And he goes ahead and tosses them off to the side by the uh, coolers. And uh, your neighborhood jester, always on watch and uh, mindful of what goes on uh, in the neighborhood and also on the practice field. Cause that's what my job is to see what I can pay attention to is, all of a sudden, there's a pair of shorts flying off to the side. Now, silly me goes over to that side, and as practice is wrapping up, I ask the security guard, excuse me, sir, you see those shorts right there? They, it looks like that man threw them out, and he's not coming back for them. Can I have them? <laughs> now, the security guard, yeah, the security guard is a nice young man, and he goes, gee, I don't know. And I was like, well, I don't want you to get in trouble, but I'm pretty sure you can reach over and hand me garbage if you really want it. I said, but here's what we'll do. I said, let me ask a player if he'll hand it to me. And we'll see what happens. You know, if I need you later on after practice is over when nobody's around, then there's really no big deal because I was doing this as there was everybody around me. And um, nobody else ha, uh, really had thought about asking for them, I guess. And their their slowness was my gain because what happened was, is one of the rookies, I was over talking to Humphreys, and uh, one of the rookies came up. As soon as I got done with Humphreys, uh, the rookie was standing right by the shorts, and I was like, uh, hey, Rook. He's like, hey, what's up? You uh listen, the security guard didn't know if uh, he could hand me those shorts there. He said, I got to ask one of the players. He said, uh, how about handing me those shorts there? He's like, "He's here? I go, yeah. He goes, sure. And he threw them to me. I mean, it's really sometimes in life, folks, um, everybody makes life Just a little harder easy. than it actually is. Just ask. Nice. Nice. Just that easy. It really is. And the people next to me were like, how did you get them? I go, I asked. I mean, I didn't. I didn't hold any golden secret other than I spoke up. <laughs> right,
0: exactly, and you went and got what you wanted.
1: So, so I just basically, yeah, I asked uh, for the man shorts, and uh, I got the man shorts. So now I have a great well, then, pair of Tampa Bay practice shorts. <laughs> shorts, exactly, and a great story to go with it. So yeah, you
0: sure. answered my question. Allow me to answer yours. So okay, please do. I don't see. I don't see Rob Gronkowski as the clear-cut, far-and-away, top tight end. I look at a guy who's played less games than him last year, caught one less ball, 100 less yards, three less touchdowns, in Jordan Reed, who also was getting used to a new quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I think Jordan Reed can put up very, very similar numbers to what Gronkowski's going to put up. He did last year. I don't see why he couldn't do it again this year, and I think you can get him – at a less expensive price in your draft.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, you can definitely go. Go ahead.
0: Right. And as far as my sleeper goes, there's a guy in Oakland from the U named Clive Wolford, 45 balls last year, 500 yards, three scores, another year under center for Derek Carr, another year uh, for Amari Cooper to draw coverage off this guy. He's another Miami tight end. He's fast. He's strong. He runs good routes, and he runs well after the catch. Uh, and Oakland's offense has picked up some blocking for Carr, which should get some more time to let him get downfield. Uh, and this is a guy I think could put up some pretty big numbers this year.
1: I think uh, I like that. And actually, folks, that's my sleeper. And it, naturally, JT would take my sleeper. That that Sorry about player. That. Thought, oh no! Uh, and Tate. And both both you and Tate are in the league that. Uh, both leagues, uh, the keeper leagues that we're in together, and um, you both saw, I I took him as a rookie keeper, and I'm going to keep him for a while, and uh, that was exactly why, because he will become a uh, stud in this league. My thing, though, is this, and uh, he constantly is getting overlooked, and I actually do have this tight end in one league. Delaney Walker for Tennessee. Now, you got to remember he's got new receivers at Rashard. Matthews now has been added. uh, Tajay, the rookie is going to be uh, on the outside. You're going to have, what's his name? Marco Murray. Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. Yeah. Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright's really not much of a choice. So you're going to have a couple of guys that he's not really used to. Kendall Wright, or the guy who has become his safety net, and especially uh, towards the end of the year last year, the second half of the year, Delaney Walker, outpaced every tight end out there in fantasy. So it is going to, that's not a fluke, folks. That is his favorite target and it's becoming more and more and it will be they just got rid of the guy who was becoming his favorite target he now plays in Philly dorial green beckham was the yeah was the guy who was highly targeted other than delaney walker in that offense so now you're going to delaney walker a little bit more that's my guy there and you know a force to take another one Besides Brait, See, because Brait was my sleeper, and so is uh, my guy from Oakland. But you really don't feel that Cook is going to do anything with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, guys? Neither one of you are feeling Cook at all? He's a, he's a lazy route
0: runner, uh, and I just don't see Aaron Rodgers wasting the time on him. You look at Richard Rodgers, who runs the routes that Aaron Rodgers knows and prefers. He blocks at the line of scrimmage, he blocks downfield for the running game, and he's got sure hands. There's a reason why St. Louis slash Los Angeles slash Tennessee have all let Cook walk.
2: Uh, I'm just not a fan. Uh,
1: And what about you, Tate?
2: I pretty much agree with uh, Jason's assessment of that. Um, Richard Rodgers is there, and he's had some success with Aaron Rodgers already, and uh, I just see that continuing. Over Jared Cook, trying to learn learn the uh, nuances of Aaron Rodgers and him trying to connect and and such. I think Rodgers just has so many other people already that he's familiar with that I don't see him sitting uh, in there as a uh, catching tight end. I see him more trying to do some blocking and stuff, maybe getting a pass here and there, but not not anything where he's going to blow up and become a fantasy stud.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. A couple of thoughts on the tight ends. Don't forget, next Thursday, a special edition, two-hour gridiron guys. Getting you ready. Going to take a look at every position and a bunch of teams at our roundtable next week, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, special edition gridiron guys. You don't want to miss who's going to be on there. And as we go into now talking about San Diego and the Joey Bosa (sighs) mess, it is is absolutely disgusting what has gone on, folks. And it's a terrible display on both parts. But I feel very distinctly about what I'm seeing, and so does JT. And JT, what do you – I'll let you go first. Tell everybody why I'm wrong and what you think.
0: Oh, I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I can see both sides of this. The problem for me is I'm looking at this as Joey Bosa and his representative. The organization has come out and made these contract discussions, which should be between him, his rep, and the team, public. They're crying their case to the public. San Diego's been one of those teams over the years that have been notoriously – Uh, I don't want to say stingy but they seem to be very hard to negotiate deals with. You know you've mentioned a few weeks ago this is a slotted deal it shouldn't be that difficult Um, but apparently it is for both sides and I completely as much as I can't stand Ohio State and that's where Joey is from I'm going to defend him here and say the organization should have kept that behind closed doors and not drug it out in the public. That's my
1: biggest problem with this. Well Okay. And you see, I feel that they have to. I feel that they have to save face. People are going to want to know, why didn't you sign Joey Bosa? What's wrong with you guys? It has to be San Diego. You just don't let talent like that walk. All right. You you have to go ahead and, and show, especially if you can. Especially if you can. And, and from what I'm finding out, San Diego has every right. Uh, Joey Bosa, first of all, is making some ridiculous uh, demands. And yet what I'm finding out, and I'm I'm assuming that this is all true because I've heard it in more than one spot now, is this. He was offered more guaranteed money than anybody has before. I don't know if it's true. But I've read that in more than one spot. Next, his contract was better than every other rookie out there that signed except for one. That's what they were offering. So if he if that is true, if both of those are true, or either one is true, both is just a head case, and if you pay attention to his mother, you can see where it comes from. So
2: can I jump in here with a thought real quick sure. on this?
1: Yeah, no, of course, Dave.
2: I, some, something else I think uh, that a lot of people are forgetting about in this whole situation is San Diego is currently te- technically a team in flux. They, they have had the option of moving from San Diego to Los Angeles. So San Diego trying to save face with their fans going public, well, I agree with JT that any team, whether it's San Diego or anybody else, any negotiation should be kept private between the player, the agent, and the team. San Diego is trying to save face with the with the area. They're trying to get a new stadium. They're trying to to figure out are they staying in San Diego or are they going to take the NFL off up on the offer and the Rams up on the offer to move into this brand new stadium in L in LA and share, share that with the Rams. So I understand what San Diego is doing, but at the same time I understand maybe Joey Bosa from his perspective, he San Diego drafted him. Well, if he's going to go play in San Diego, is he going to play in San Diego just for this year? And then San Diego is going to move to L.A. or somewhere else for that matter, or are they going to stay in San Diego? And he wants the security of knowing where he's going to be playing for the next three years or four years, whatever the term, length of time on his rookie contract. So maybe this whole... San Diego being in flux of possibly moving from San Diego to LA is playing a part in this whole negotiation process.
0: You know what? Something to
2: throw in there to that. Something to throw in there on that to both of you guys'
0: point. Let's look at this. San Diego screwed the pooch when they took Joey Bosa. That was uh, met with uh, a lot of scratching of heads on a lot of draft boards, and a lot of teams were really surprised with that pick with what San Diego needed to begin with. So they took a risk with their fans when they went out and took this guy. Now the, the statement that I find interesting in all this is from Joey Bosa's representative where he said, we will not engage in public negotiations or negotiate through the media. But the part where he says it's ironic that the team now takes the timing of Joey's arrival since the Chargers unilaterally decided to remain silent for the first 14 days of training camp, instead of replying in a timely fashion to the proposal we made. So they decided to go two full weeks without replying to the proposal that Bosa's camp made. And now they're worried that their backs are up against the wall. So they wasted two weeks there. Again, I find that to be on the organization.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. But that whole thing about not knowing, you know, what's going to happen with the team, will they be in San Diego? or Will they be in LA? You know, San Diego isn't all that far from L.A. And for the amount of money that they were about to guarantee, guarantee, you know, this is the problem I'm having with uh, all this, are these players that are getting insulted? This kid hasn't played a lick. Mm -hmm. And there's a chance he might be a bust. He's about to get handed more guaranteed money than any player ever in the NFL. And he is insulted about how he's being dealt with. Right, You've right. got now, to be flipping kidding <laughs> me. Now, Jester,
0: now, Jester, let's think about this. It's guaranteed unless you're Lane Johnson, Joey Cage. But you know what this situation is reminding me of? It reminds me of a few decades ago when a hot Miami quarterback named Craig Erickson was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, Joey Cage, and uh, they couldn't come, to, couldn't come to terms. No matter what happened, they could not come to a contract, and he went back into the draft where I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a little synergy there with you visiting mm-hmm. Buccaneers camp, um, you know. Signed, so drafted him the next year. So my question to you, Jesser, and Tate, is: Do we see this happening now? Is Bosa available in the 2017 draft?
1: Because
2: they can't trade his rights now. Good, Tate. I I don't know that he goes back in the draft or not. Um, I think it's a it's a valid possibility. But I think if they if these guys will actually sit down and talk, I do think they will come to terms. But uh, if they obviously. From what I'm hearing, the Chargers are saying that they have to make a deal within the next next week or so or else they're going to quote unquote cut the contract, deduct money because he's gonna miss time not having enough training camp time. So if they don't if they gonna if they're gonna wind up doing something like that, then there's no way Bosa's gonna agree to terms with them if they're gonna start cutting money from the contract. So if that's the case, then yes, he most definitely goes back in the draft. Hmm.
1: I uh, I'm willing to bet that this kid and whoever is uh, advising him are big enough jackasses to waste the year. And what's going to happen is, is you never get that money. That is a whole year of money that could be accrued. Remember, this is money that he could be getting and already getting money on the interest for. Okay. Millions. millions, this kid's insulted by millions, okay, can't tell, my my thing is, they've shown a propensity to stupidity already, why not go all the way and waste a whole year, okay, because you know what, I, I, I'll be shocked if they don't, I mean, how are they going to save face after complaining about, we should have pulled an Eli, we should have pulled this, we should have done that, yeah, okay, you know what, you know what you should have done? Signed, got your ass in camp, and prove that you're worth it. That's what you should have done. Anyway, listen, I, enough of that, because that really does, that the whole thing aggravates the hell out of me. Folks, we're going to go ahead and talk real quick. We have Atlanta, Miami tonight, and Dallas, Seattle. Kate, I'll go with you first. Dallas, Seattle, uh, what are you looking for in your team there in Dallas and uh, Seattle game?
2: Well, I'll clarify again they're not really my team. They they they're from no, the they're area that closest I'm at. To you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So, the thing to watch for Dallas tonight is this this game is pretty much the uh dress rehearsal game for them. So, with the Cowboys, Tony Romo's playing approximately the uh entire first half or most of the first half, and Ezekiel Elliott is going to be out there for probably uh, a a couple dozen plays, a dozen to two dozen plays from what I'm hearing. So it's going to be interesting to see Ezekiel Elliott's first game action and yes. uh, see what Tony Romo does out there and how he handles having a guy like Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. That's the big things to watch with that game.
1: All right. And, uh, you know, before I go to JT uh, and the uh, Miami-Atlanta game, because that's, that's his team there, um, and it's, it is, really is his team. So I want to ask him, uh, you know, what's going to be interesting? Yeah, I want to see Ezekiel Elliott uh, running with the ones. That That's going to be fun to see. I also want to see, and this is going to be interesting to watch tonight, is now somebody like Pete Carroll has had the opportunity to see two different sets of game film on Dak Prescott. I want to see what Pete Carroll throws at Prescott tonight to try and mess him up and see how he handles. That's what I want to see. JT, Atlanta, Miami, what do you have? What, do you, what are you uh, focusing in on?
0: Well, big news for Dolphin fans. Laramie Tunsell gets the start this evening uh, in the offensive line, in that dress rehearsal, uh, and Jermon Bushrod on the right guard. So it looks like that's Miami's decision for their offensive line going forward. So I want to see how they gel and how they protect Tannehill. Uh, it looks like J.J. is pulling ahead of Arian Foster in the – Race for the number one running back, so I want to see who solidifies that. And lastly, Kenny Stills is a free agent after this year, and he's having a big, big preseason. Uh, there's lots of talk that Leontay Carew is right on his heels. And could a team that needs a wide receiver make a deal for Stills? We'll know soon. Those are the things I'm looking for from Miami. Quickly, for Atlanta, the battle between Devontae Freeman.
1: And and Kevin Coleman
0: Who's going to be the number one back So those are the things that I'm interested in seeing
1: Yeah I'm looking at this I'm looking at that I want to see the Miami linebackers Do better against the run Definitely want to see the Miami linebackers Do better against the run And I definitely want to see Who's going to emerge As the person That Matt Ryan can go to Other than Julio Jones This year That's going to be the interesting part Folks We are out of time. This has been the Gridiron Guys. Thank you so much for joining in. Next week, two-hour special. Don't miss it. I'm the Fantasy Jester, and I am out of here.